Hello and welcome to the 23rd episode of Inside Music. I'm your host, James Shotwell, and on this week's episode, we're speaking with Connor Schofield, the vocalist and guitarist for Jaws, a UK rock band who signed with Side One Dummy Records in the fall of 2014. The band also released their debut album, Be Slowly, around the same time, but because Jaws have yet to re- reach the US as far as touring is concerned, there's a lot of people stateside who still are not aware of their existence. I hope to change that with this interview, and I think Connor did as well. We talk about the band's inception, how they developed their sound, their debut album, touring in the touring overseas, their plans to come stateside, and how they're working to make sure people know their name in the years ahead. It's an interesting conversation that I think could be very beneficial for any artist trying to make their name known these days, but it's also good for music consumers trying to learn what it's like for a band from another country to try to break in or break out somewhere like the U.S., before we get to there, however, I do want to bring up the show that we had last week with Jeff Rosenstock. If you listened at the end of the conversation, Jeff and I asked the audience to please send us ska bands. You submitted over two dozen different bands to us in the last week, and we have done our best to listen to every single one. They weren't all great, but many of them were. I said that we would play one before this week's episode, but because Jaws are also a band, I'm going to play their music before this interview begins. That said, I'm working on having a bonus episode later this week, and we will play our favorite ska band from your submissions before that interview begins. I promise, Scout's Honor, whole nine yards. Again, I want to thank you for submitting that, and please, in the future, keep tweeting at us, keep facebook messaging me keep reaching out because i love hearing feedback from people who listen to the show sometimes i wonder that the conversations run too long or that they get a little boring but when you reach out and tell us that you're listening that you're appreciating what's going on it means the world to us so thank you for that i'm going to get to the sponsor and then we'll dive into the conversation with connor thank you for tuning in and yeah this is a lot of fun i hope you enjoy it Inside Music is only made possible by Holix, the music industry's leading digital promotional distribution platform. Whether you're looking to get your music in front of the press or you want a little help finding piracy, Holix has the tools you need. For more information on Holix, as well as access to a free 30-day trial, visit www.holix.com. That's www.haulix.com. Okay, let's get to the show. raining <laughs> okay what else, what else would it be doing <laughs> i live in uh i live in boston so we're like buried in snow and just cold so rain doesn't sound that terrible to me eh. <laughs> I, eh. Eh, yeah i feel you it's not, it's not <laughs> the same uh yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. So I, I know a lot of people in America that don't know who Jaws are, but they're familiar with Side One Dummy Records. So I yep. guess a good place to start would be kind of connecting those two dots. So how did how did Jaws get to know the people at Side One Dummy? Well, it's literally they got in touch through an email, but it's a label I've always followed. Um, I've always loved 
a band called Title Fight, mm-hmm. uh, Gaslight Anthem. There's a few bands. I've just I've always loved that label, and then when they got in touch, I was just like, cool. <laughs> yeah. now, now, have you guys actually had a chance to play stateside yet, or have you not made it over here yet? Not yet. Not yet. So it's coming though. Like this is the year, probably. Maybe. Hopefully, okay. end of the year. I think. Awesome. So when Side One Dummy comes along, you guys have already had a lot of buzz. Which is this is what I find so interesting is that I've known about Jaws for at least almost two years it feels like at this point close to it, a year and a half at least into 2013 but a lot of people stateside do not ever pick up on like the emerging buzz bands of other places i don't know why we're sheltered like that for whatever reason um so it's always interesting to me when side one does kind of go outside the realm and find another band now if i if i know correctly did you guys have a label in the uk already when they emailed you um uh, not really, kind of. We sort of were licensing our tracks rather than having them put out. So like a label was putting them out, but they didn't like own them or anything. Okay, okay. So it's a bit It's a bit all muddled up. We didn't really have a label, I guess. Kind of. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's take it back to the beginning. Let's give people, like, let's kind of walk through the history of Jaws for people stateside that have no idea who you guys are, because... I only know bits and pieces, and I would love to. I'd love to fill in the story and figure it out. So, like, when does the band start? Uh, the band starts February twenty twelve. Uh, actually, you could probably put it a bit further back than that because I've probably started writing songs around between September and December, sort of the year before okay. two thousand eleven. Um, never really did anything with them i was just i was at college learning recording so i was pretty much recording songs and writing songs to get better at recording um but yeah wrote this song put it online people thought it was cool so i thought i'm gonna get a band i'm gonna start a band and um it's just people i went to college with they were all we were all studying uh the same thing we're all in the same class so Easy peasy, got the band together. So is that your first band, or were you in bands before that? I've been in bands before. We've, I think we've all been in bands before. But um, this is a funny thing. Like, me, I was in um, a hardcore band, and our drummer was in, like, a metal band, and our bass player was in, like, a pop-punk band. And it's like that's the that's the weird thing I think with Side One Dummy. Like it's sort of that's their sort of world, but Jaws doesn't really sound like that. But it's like we're similar people. Do you know what I mean? We're a similar vibe. Yeah, definitely. We've come from the the same world. Now, when you started, like, well, I don't know what that first song was, obviously, but did you have a sound in mind? I've read a couple of different interviews, and in one of them, you mentioned having like an idea to sound like the smashing pumpkins at first is that true yeah i mean if you said to me what band do you want to be in like if you could just have the sound and the songs already there it would be like the smashing pumpkins mixed with deftones i think but um i think when you get into that zone of writing a song and being creative like if the like if there's a keyboard there you play it do you know what i mean if there's a 
I don't know if there's a, if there's a flute there, you'd you'd put it on your track just to have a bit of fun. Do you know what I mean? You, I think um, one thing I've learned over the last couple of years is when I'm being creative to to not sort of put walls up and go like, oh, it's got to be like this. So I just sort of, if I'm feeling a certain direction or a vibe on that particular day, I'll follow, I'll go down that road and just see where I end up. And it always ends up being a Jaws song. So. That's always interesting how that works to me. It's it's strange that you can have like an idea in your mind and then when you sit down to like actually get it out of your head, it kind of becomes its own thing. Yeah. Where So the other guys were all in bands. Did you know each other before school or did you meet like once you got to college? Um, yeah, I knew, I knew Eddie the drummer just from playing shows with our other bands. We just sort of say hello to each other. Um, I didn't know Alex, our guitar player, very well till we started the band. And I knew I knew Jake, who plays bass. I've known him for years, went to school with him. So, Hello? Oh, yep, that's me. Sorry, that was on me. Um... Uh, say, so you guys are together for a bit then in 2012. Now, at the beginning of the band, is it just like, let's just play some songs and see what happens? Or are you immediately like, let's be a band, let's play shows, let's record, let's do the whole nine yards? Yeah, we just wanted to see what happened because, to be honest, like we didn't really know. We didn't know like the ins and outs of the right way to do stuff. Like The, fir the first thing we did was go... Uh, we went and played in London, which is is literally suicide because that's where the whole industry in our country is just from in London. And a um, few people came out to see us, and obviously, first gig, it's never your best gig. So we, I, f I feel like that was a we we that was like the first thing we did was make a big mistake. But like, we've got the experience now, and uh, we haven't let it harm us in any way we've grown if anything so i didn't know that london kind of serves as the capital for music there but that makes sense so how far is your was your is your school in london or was your school in london or did you have to like travel into the city yeah we traveled we traveled i don't know why we even i don't know we just got the gig offer and we we're like oh do you want to play in london and we we're like yeah okay okay yeah no that makes sense <laughs> um so yeah i guess so i don't really know we're gonna get way off track probably but I don't know what it's like for an unsigned band to come up over there. Over here, I mean, there are people that get famous on the internet, but more more often than not, people have to play a ton of shows in like their local region and kind of like build up hype, and it kind of builds from there. Is that something bands do in the UK? Is there not enough venues for that to happen? Like, how does how do most like small bands kind of get their start? Like, you say that going to London was kind of like a mistake for you guys. So, would most bands start a little bit more locally, or how do most bands get like started? Yeah, it's you got to um, you got to just uh, stay local. I think until you until you're just confident that you're um, until you're good, really. <laughs> um, I don't know, just because every everything is London is sort of like I said, everyone is based there in the industry, so it's like they don't travel out to if they hear there's this amazing band from another town or whatever, they'll wait for them to come to London. I think. It's not often you get them go out of town. 
Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. That's how it is here. You have to, you def- unless you're like really changing the world, they're not gonna, they're not gonna leave the city for you. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of like that's it's kind of a that's kind of a shitty thing, but that's it's the same over here. Like you have to make it to the city before they'll give you the time of day. Yeah, we have to make sure you you're good enough to for them to turn their head. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, so you guys start messing around. When did was the milkshake EP the first release? Um, we did it. We did a couple of singles. Um, it's okay. tracks from that. From that EP, we didn't write it as an EP. It um, it was just like three singles and their B sides all stuck together. So it was like we did. Can't remember the order of the singles, but I think Two Can Surf" was the first song we put out, and then uh, I can't remember. But on the third single, we basically were like. Let's just stick all the other singles together, put them on a record, get it out of there. And, and it worked. I mean, you guys got you guys got a little bit of uh, attention, a little bit of hype off that first release, which has to be weird because is like I'm just kind of playing with the timeline that you gave me here. Like you start in 2012, and then when does that EP come out? Is that 2013? Um, I've got a feeling it was April, April 2013. Okay. So that's like almost a year ago, or two years ago at this point. So we're we're going back like two years. And I remember when that came out, reading a few little tidbits here and there about Jaws. So it must be weird because it seems like you guys like recorded some singles, but there's a difference, as you know now, from doing like a bunch of singles and doing like an album or even an EP where you're like, let's actually make an EP, five songs that kind of string together or whatever. So like, how did you feel when people started to kind of notice and like talk about Jaws beyond your circle of people that you knew it's definitely like it's cool it's weird but like i don't know i don't think like um uh, i don't know like it's it's just one of them things isn't it you, you can't really i don't really listen to um to what people say without sounding rude because i think that um if you sort of take too much in from what other people are saying, it will affect me when I'm trying to create something. Yeah, that makes sense. So I don't really like, like I don't really read reviews and stuff, to be honest, or anything like that. But I mean, it's cool because it's all publicity, isn't it? So it's all every piece is getting your name out there. So people talking. Definitely. I want to talk a like about about that EP just a little bit more because. To conserve, for instance, uh, the early songs I like, but it's I feel like the record, the full life, be slowly. It, you get a little bit more personal there, and like, yeah. are are those first songs necessarily personal tracks, or are they just you being creative? You know what I mean? Because it feels like the album you got a lit a lot more personal on the full length compared to the EP. So I wonder like what changes between the two. I think the EP like cause it's like my first songs. Um. I don't know. They were just like you don't want to, you don't want to say too much. Do you? you don't want to just jump right in there? You get more confident over time with with what you want to say and how you say it. So, I guess it is a bit personal. Like the message, if of the songs would be personal, but just the way the work, like it comes across, is probably a bit more in the music or I don't know. Just over time, you become a lot more confident with what you want to say. So. 
Yeah, once you know that people are, you know, connecting with what you're writing, then you can kind of be you can kind of take a little bit more risk with it. You know what I mean? You can be a little bit more personal because you've already hooked them. Yeah. So the EP comes out in April. Now, do you guys, the rest of 2013, you're still in school, so are you able to play a lot of shows or how does that how did that work initially? Um um we were just 2013 i think we were just doing like here and there shows every so often we didn't play too too much um the summer just did like i think it was just broken up quite a lot that year because obviously we couldn't go and do like big tours and stuff couldn't even afford to do tours um Eddie was still at college. I dropped out of university. Uh, yeah, that's that's it really. That was like a broken up year. I think the it started. Um, I think maybe September that year was our first tour. I can't remember. I think that was it. Okay, so you kind of like the fall is that when things kind of start to gain momentum, so to say. Like you're getting a little bit busier and more tight as a band. Yeah, I think, I'm trying to think, I think it was sort of from the summer onwards, like we were busy then. And I think since then, till till now, to be honest, like we've always been on tour, really. (laughs) There's been, do you have sort of like, you'll tour for a few weeks and then have a few weeks off and then you'll be doing shows or recording or something and... I think this is the longest time we've had off, like from December till now. So it feels like anyway. Yeah, that's like seven weeks. That's that's pretty impressive. I mean, yeah. for any band, I mean, not I. I'm sure you. It's a well earned break, but I I can understand how that seems like an eternity. <laughs> it's weird because like you'll be on the road, you'll be touring, and like you have the days where you're like, I can't, I can't wait to have a break, but then you get sort of two weeks into your break and you just like, I want to go out. I want to, do you mean you get bored? But like I've been, we've been writing songs and stuff. It's not too bad. So let's, let's talk about be slowly. So we got into 2014 then. Now I know that you were messing with recording when you started doing the first EP. So when it came to the second record, did you think about recording it yourself or did you want to go work with a producer or how did, like, when does the second, when does the full length start to come together? Uh, it's, well, it was already written at that point. Like, all the songs were probably done at that point. Uh, we recorded it in January. I never even thought about recording it myself. I wouldn't, I would, don't think I've, I've got the, the skills to do that yet. Okay, okay. But, um... We worked with a producer called Dream Track. We recorded it in Birmingham, where we live. Um, we'd spent we recorded it in a week actually. Uh, yeah, it was it. It wasn't rushed actually. To say we did it in a week, it didn't feel rushed. It was it was quite natural. Now, did you record as like a full band, or was that a week in doing every track separately and everything? Yeah, a week doing everything separately. Oh wow, that is that is impressive. Even if you didn't feel rushed, it's impressive. <laughs> yeah, we didn't think we, we didn't think we would get it done, but like we didn't, we just didn't have the money to to do it for any longer. Okay, that so. makes sense. Um, how did you? 
So you got you got a week in the studio, and you said it was already written. So are you the, are you the type of person that's just always writing? It seems like you would have been writing while all those tour dates were going on. Yeah. Uh, at that point, like with the first album, it was just like it was a bit silly to be honest. I sort of wrote twelve songs and then was like, okay, that's the album. But like, I've already like for the next album, we've already written like twenty something songs. So. Um, do you know what I mean? It's like we should have wrote more for the first album. It might have made the first album a bit better, but we're just making sure the next one is yeah. is very good. Yeah, I mean, it's really your first proper album, so I mean, it makes sense to kind of build from there. I've talked to a lot of artists, and that seems to be how it goes. Like, you put every idea you have into that first record, and you pretty much use all the ideas that you have. And when you get to the second one, you're like, all right, well, maybe I can throw 20 or 30 ideas out and we'll just pick the ones that are the best as yeah. opposed to feeling like you have to use every idea that you have. Yeah. That's now, what, it's literally what it is. Okay. Now, yeah, everything, everything out. How does, how does writing the song work in the band? Like, is it start with you and you bring it to everybody else? Does everyone sit together? Like how, how does that happen? Um, well, I've got like this little studio at home, what I'm trying to put together. So usually I'll be just like jamming a riff or something. I'll, do a little demo, send it round to the guys, and then when we get to practice, we'll work on it from there. Sort of um, like I did a skeleton of it, and then they're the like the skin, the blood and the skin of the song. Uh, that's... Go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say that that. That, I like that analogy that you're I like how it all kind of forms a creature that that that's a nice analogy well done yeah. <laughs> I described it I described it as a pizza the other day oh, I was the base and they were the cheese and tomato <laughs> that's good I like that one even more I think you should stick with that one from now on uh okay so you did that in January and now people didn't really hear the record until the fall right September, yeah. September. Okay, so that must be that has to be rough because I know people that when when I know artists when they sit on their record for three months they feel like it's impossible because they're just like oh I want to get this to the people. So what what happens between January and September? Uh, just the sort of uh, did a couple of tours, uh, put a couple of singles out. I think the the real sort of push for the album started in May. So we we toured just a, we toured around that time to make a bit of hype, and then we toured when the album came out. To be honest, I wrote I wrote quite a lot of songs. We sort of had a lot of the second album written, I guess, before the first one was even out. I guess. Okay. Yeah, I've read that. I think I read that in another interview that you said that you you're pretty much, at least from a writing perspective, done with another record already. I think so. I'm not sure yet. There's, I don't know. There's too many ideas. I'm probably going to write something today. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, that's kind of the constant struggle, right? Like trying to not only get all the ideas out, but then separate the great ideas from the okay ideas. Yeah. Now, how far along does a song get for you're like, okay, this is maybe this isn't gonna turn out. Like, do you complete a song before you th toss it aside, or can you you get a you get to the point you get a sense for it a little bit sooner? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll finish it. I'll finish it because 
you want I want to take it to um, the other guys in the band and then see what they think and see what they would change and work on it from there. That makes sense. That makes sense. I like that. So, so the album comes out in September. Now, it's so interesting to me. When does when does Side One Dummy contact you guys? That was around. That was. I think that's around the summer. I think, because um, I remember we were playing a show with a band called The Enemy, and um, they emailed that day. I just remember them getting in touch, like, hello. <laughs> so surreal. Okay, so they must have heard, I guess they probably would have heard the singles that you had been releasing off the record or Milkshake. Did they say, like, where they discovered you from? I can't remember, to be honest. I think uh, I think they just heard picked up on the singles online. Mm-hmm. It's the singles that really won me over. I, I think you guys have a very interesting art direction in your videos. Like the song, I love the songs, but when you see the video, it kind of adds a whole another layer to the whole Jaws experience for me. Is that something that you or one of the other members is like really passionate about? Like, where do the ideas for the videos come from? Do you know what the the videos have all been like? last minute last minute <laughs> panics like shit we need a video <laughs> okay and we just like come up with some complete like we, we i don't think any of us like our videos but maybe that's why other people think they're good <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah here I, I mean when i watch them it, they don't give that last minute sense it's like oh this is like a thought out idea a really nice concept <laughs> then you're just like oh no we're like shit we need something <laughs> the only one the, the only video where i think we put a little bit of planning in was the video for swim because we had to get the actors involved but like even then it was like what should we do oh i don't know let's go to the beach oh, okay <laughs> and then it rained uh well i mean they work out and they've done well online like you can always tell a band that has a decent art idea bit by how many people watch their videos and i think like you guys have a pretty strong numbers and it seems like people really like you know gravitate towards you when they see the videos so that's a good sign like even if they're last minute ideas it seems like they're paying off yeah (laughs) we've we've decided now that on the next album like we're not going to worry about the videos we're going to pay someone to tell us what to do it's their problem (laughs) i like that (laughs) so you guys started so the album came out in september now have you did you tour heavily in the fall overseas then i mean well i guess home for you yeah i'm still wrapping my head around how to like frame things (laughs) (laughs) um like we started the tour on the day the album came out okay so i think it was for like three weeks but like yeah, that was it was good. A lot of the shows were sold out. It was good, fun. Have you guys gotten to tour outside the UK yet, or are you still pretty much staying home right now? Yeah, we haven't had that opportunity yet, really, uh, which is a shame. But hopefully this year. I think we've just um, we had like an offer through yesterday to go and do something in Europe, like a festival or something. So mm. it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like, to th- I'd like to think, though, because the album came out late last year, that this year there'll be a few more opportunities. Yeah, I mean, we're only, like, it's only been, what, six months since the album came out, more or less, at this point? 
So people are still like, I mean, stateside, I know tons of people who are still just starting to discover the band. I mean, there's like a, I mean, I think there's a a wait before, like when someone discovers a band they like and the time before they're like, oh, I got to see that band live. I think you guys are still kind of in that window where people are still getting to know you. Yeah. You know, but for what I've seen, like your tours in the UK have done well at getting bigger and bigger as you go along. So you're on the right path. Oh, yeah, definitely. We're on tour next week. Okay. For, just for a week, but it's like uh doing five hundred five hundred people in Manchester, thousand people in Birmingham, um and then sort of like five hundred, three hundred three hundred somewhere else and like another five hundred somewhere else. Like it's gonna be good. Yeah, I mean that's almost a, that's basically a mid level band here in the United States in a lot of cases, so uh, you're on the right path, even if you don't have the constantly booked schedule just yet. Yeah. Is that something you want? Like, would you like to be on the road 200 days out of the year? If, I don't know, like, if it was, if it was like, um, if it was sort of good, do you know what I mean? Like, if it, mm-hmm. if we were playing to loads of people and it was, it was enjoyable, then yeah, I guess. Well, I, I don't know, I, I don't know, I'm comfortable with how it is, but I guess I guess you you want to be playing songs, don't you? That's why that's why I'm in a band. So yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess it doesn't have to be. It seems like uh, I pick up from you that you're really into the songwriting and like the studio and the creative part of it. So it's it's possible for touring not to be like the thing that you're most excited about because you you write yeah. a lot. So it seems like you're also like I love to tour, but I also I mean I want to make more music, which is kind of really why you're in a band to like get that creativeness out of your head. Yeah, well, it's, I just love writing songs, to be honest. I'd, I'd love to write for other people as well, if I could. Mm. Is that, like, long-term goals, maybe? <laughs> One of them. I, keep, I change my mind every week what I want to do. <laughs> so. Before you were in a band, what was it you wanted to do? Was it just you wanted to make other people's records? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I would, that's what I was learning to do, so... Something at least along those lines. Yeah. No, I'm curious. Let's uh, we can take it back like way further. Where does that interest come from? Do you think like it, are your parents into music as passionately as you are? Like, where does that initial interest in the music business come from? Uh, I'm not sure to be honest. Like, my mom and dad are. They've always loved music and always played music, so I guess that's definitely. Um, I remember my mom always used to listen to, uh, still does listen to Radiohead, which uh, is quite a weird band. Like I don't know, it's not like when you're a little kid. If the first band you properly listen to is Radiohead, that's like jumping in at the deep end of music. <laughs> yes, it is. So it's like I guess that was a bit of that was a bit of a head start in a way. Uh, but yeah, like I don't know, I just always loved music, and then. The first, the first proper band I got into was Blink One Eight Two. Nice, okay. Um, I always remember, I always remember Travis Barker talking about the reason he got so heavily tattooed is because he told himself that he never wanted to have a real job or like you know like a proper job. So I guess just that's when I realised that sort of you can you can have a life from something to do with music or being creative. So I guess I guess from that sort of world. 
I get that. I remember that Travis Barker quote. When I was younger, I thought that was like the most punk rock thing I'd ever heard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like, holy crap, what dedication. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was like my mom's worst enemy for a while because my parents were like not. They were the parents that were like, oh, it's cool that you're into music. Just don't make it your life. Yeah. And, and then I went and was like, I'm going to make music my life, guys. And they were, they were never happy about it for like the next five years, six years. I talked to my mom yesterday and she asked me if I wanted to be a teacher. Like if I just, you know, she's like, do you want to change your mind? Maybe become a teacher. Uh, I told her I thought I was pretty far along to change right now. But, but she was like, yeah, it's never too late. <laughs> Could be a music teacher. Exactly. Exactly. I'm sure that she would be like, I guess that would be like a compromise in her mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have siblings that were into music at all? No, not really. My little brother, he did start to learn to play the piano, um, but it was never that serious, on and off. Yeah, piano is like its own league. People people that learn piano don't necessarily go on to like be in music all the time because they they learn. So many people I know that got into piano, they're like, my parents made me learn piano. And so I don't look at music that way because I felt like it was forced on me. Yeah, it's a weird one. Like, I mean, I I sort of know how to play a keyboard and a piano, I guess, but it's because I've sort of sat down in front of one and messed with it until it sounds right. You know, mm-hmm. so I wasn't like I say, wasn't forced on me. Are you now? When it comes to recording, are you who plays synth on the records, or is that somebody else in the band? Yeah, that's well. Yeah, I'll play it on like what we usually do is play it on the. I'll play the original sort of version on like the demo or. Okay, Whatever. and then when we get into the studio, so it's technology these days. You literally only have to play play it once, and you you can just play it back through old old Simpson stuff. Like it's the laziest thing ever, but it's cool. <laughs> well, it works for you, and it I don't know. It seems like the synth is a very important part of what makes Jaws sound the way you do. And is I don't know, maybe that you can tell me if that's wrong. But when I hear the music, it feels like the synthesizer really kind of pushes things in the direction the direction they go, the dream pop rock kind of thing, as opposed to without it, I don't know that it would necessarily have the same feeling when you listen to some of those songs. I think um, um, it's more more for atmospherics than... Like, I think with the new stuff, like we've just been in the studio and we've done three new songs. But like... This, the sort of synth on them, but it's not like how it is in, say, like a song like Swim or a song like Surround You. It's not like the main thing. It's like it just makes it wider and bigger. Like it's in the background. So like it's there, but it's I think it's less important than it was. Like I guess over the last couple of years, my songwriting has I've got a bit more confident with it and trying other things. And I think we're a bit more guitar-y now than we've ever been. Getting more towards the Smashing Pumpkins, finally. (laughs) Veering back into it. (laughs) I, you know, it's what I love about talking to people about Jaws is when they hear the name, they have, I think they have like one idea for what the band is going to be. And then they hear the music and they're knocked sideways because it is, it doesn't really fit the name necessarily at first. And then I like to, I, I like to hear people try to tell me how they would describe the sound of Jaws because I've seen everything from like 
indie rock to shoegaze to dream pop to i'm sure you've heard like a hundred different variations yeah, it's, the, it's the worst question like <laughs> how would you describe it and you just sat there like i don't know <laughs> music yeah we make music it's <laughs> there are instruments i don't know it's, it's got drums in it yeah we got drums that makes us <laughs> at least kind of a rock band <laughs> Do you, I mean, obviously you say you don't really pay attention to critics, so I feel like I'm going to take a guess that you don't really care too much about that label either, where people want to be like, oh no, you're this kind of band. No, not at all. And it seems like the new material doesn't sound very much like Be so Slowly, at least, uh, you know, in uh, the basic idea of it. Um, I guess I guess it, it would it would fit with, with it, I guess, but it does sound like the guitars are heavier, but at the same time, the vocals is like softer or do you know what I mean like it's it, it's just pushing it a bit more mm -hmm. I guess. it's the same ideas but a bit cooler a bit wider a bit bigger a bit atmospheric a bit more cool I don't know just I'd say I just think it's better we've all without sounding like big-headed we all we're all just like yeah these songs are a lot better than the first album Hmm. I I think that's how most bands end up feeling eventually, and it's it can be weird because that first album is where people forge that connection with your band, and for a lot of people, no matter how great the next record is, they'll always be like, "Oh, but do you remember how good the first record was? Yeah. Like the first record was just you know raw and ambitious and blah blah blah." But I I think that you have your head on the right way where you're where you're like you know those are good, but I was you're you're conscious of the fact that you're still kind of cutting your teeth so to say when that first record is being written and i think one of one of the main things with us is like because we're we're signed to side one in america but because we have no label here we don't really have um a lot of money or we're not always out like partying and do you know what i mean the sort of rock and roll yeah aspect of it so like for me i i want it we're trying to like subconsciously i guess we're like proving a lot of we're proving the industry wrong in a way do you know what i mean like we're doing it without them uh definitely and that's why that's what sort of influences me a lot with writing these songs is like i just do you know what i mean like because i'm not out doing drugs and getting drunk every night and doing all that and socializing i'm i'm concentrating on the songs a bit more and i think we're all we're all We'd we'd all do that anyway. We'd rather have it like we'd rather have it this way than get caught up in that in that world. I think that's a, I think that's a good way to approach it. I mean, it's easy to get caught up in that world and let like the drive to do bigger and better kind of slide because you're like, oh, I, you know, I already have this, so yeah. I just have. It's, it's like maintenance as opposed to pushing forward. Yeah. People would rather look cool than mm. make something cool. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, definitely. And you try to do the opposite, which yeah. it's and that's hard. I think what I what I appreciate about the band, and I found out about the band because Side One brought them up to me when Jamie Coletto, who I'm sure you know from Side One, yeah, uh, she's great. She came to she came to me and was like, "You got you got to check out this band." And she was like, "I don't even know what I'm gonna how to describe them to you. Just just give it a shot." And I think "Swim" was probably the first video I saw, and I definitely had to watch it twice because 
I as having been in writing for so long, I have this bad habit of wanting to be able to like categorize something as soon as I see it. So I was like, okay, this this is interesting because when I listen to the band, I have like the the artists that I think that it sounds like, and then I read who you're influenced by it. It's kind of interesting to figure out how this sound comes out of your collection of guys. But I think when you tell me that you each have a background in like a different style of music, it makes a little bit more sense because it's kind of like all these, it's, it's clearly a number of influences slamming together and creating this new thing that doesn't necessarily sound like any one influence. I think that's the, one of the great things is that we're all pretty open-minded towards what we're doing. Mm-hmm. There's never been a moment where it's like, oh, that's, that's too heavy or that's too relaxed or do you know what I mean it's just yeah. like oh that's cool I would listen to that mm-hmm. yeah you guys don't try to do like uh, oh we sound like this so therefore it's uh-huh. good it's more like oh we don't sound like anything so we must be doing something interesting it's it's you're in your own like you're clearly in your own lane and you're aware of it yeah but without I mean we don't we'd never sort of say like oh we don't sound like anything else we'd never say that we just sort of we just get on with it you know just yeah no, definitely. It's not like a point of pride where you're like, oh, yeah. we're better than you because we sound like no one else. It's just we sound we sound different. Yeah. yeah. OK, no, I get that. I get that. Definitely. I didn't want to frame that the wrong way. Uh, I'm curious when when people when you're talking to people about Be Slowly, what do you want them to take away from that record? Because there are people that are still discovering it today. And I think there's a lot of things you could take away from it if you just listen to one song or two. But like in your mind, what is that album about? Um, I guess um, lyrically, the main sort of thing deals with. I I used to uh, suffer quite bad with like anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just that's what I guess that's why I like the album artwork's black. You know, with a dream catcher on it, it's just to sort of to catch the bad. You know what? Catch the bad vibes. Yeah. But then, like the record is sort of a mix of good and bad vibes and uh I don't know man, I guess I guess that's what it's about. And uh I always get asked what does B slowly mean? And that just it doesn't really make sense, I guess, but um uh, I thought that it sort of meant um because everyone's always in a rush. Or people live people are like how do I do that faster? Do you know what I mean? Everyone's everyone's always looking for the way to do something faster when for me, the way I've always dealt with stuff is by taking my time and being patient. Even when I feel really impatient, I'm just like, just take your time and it'll come. Do you know what I mean? Whatever you want will happen. That's what it means. But yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, and it seems to be like the outlook of the band where you guys are, you know, you guys haven't gotten to the States yet and you haven't really gotten outside the UK too much, but you are work. You're kind of keeping your heads down and like just working forward, like working on and pushing forward and, you know, it'll come when we get there. Yeah. I like that, man. I like that outlook. You're so level headed. Thank you. That's amazing. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many people don't have that outlook. Well, I just, I think I reckon there's plenty of bands. Like if this band was other people, they would have split up by now, I reckon. Well, it would it just like there's some people out there that are just they wouldn't be able to wait or be this patient with. I don't know, but it's just it's what I want to do, and it's so I'll just wait. It will happen. I want it to happen, so it will happen. No, that's, that's what you got to believe. Yeah, exactly. 
And would you say all the other guys are on the same page with you? Like you guys are just all in this for the long haul? I guess, yeah. I guess. That's the hope, right? <laughs> I guess so. No, we'll see how it goes. I, I have faith in you guys. I can't wait for you to get stateside because it's, I don't know, in my brain it's easier to see you when you get stateside than find money to get me to the UK. <laughs> but uh, I think that people will latch on to you here. I just don't think the Jaws has made the big impact in the US. But this this interview will help. We have listeners all over the country. I'm hoping that they'll pick up and spread the word of Jaws. We always play a song from the album in the introduction to the episode. So what is, I mean, Swim is the one I always gravitate towards, but what is your favorite track on Be Slowly that maybe we can share it with people? My, my favorite track is, uh, it's called Home. Oh, I was actually going to ask you about that song because that's that's one of my favorite songs from a lyrical standpoint. So I was kind of wondering like what the st- story is there. That song is just like um, I had a panic attack on tour, just terrible day, and then at the end of the day, obviously you're having this terrible time, and then you have to still go and play a show, and it was it was just about um, sort of. Do you know I mean? You're going to be home in a couple of days. Do you know what I mean? You're going to be fine. Don't worry about it. That's just sort of the point of it. I'm trying to think what the lyrics are. <laughs> well, I just... Yeah, the, the story in it behind it is so interesting to me. And that you played the show, that is what I love. Because I know that there are some that might not have actually went through with the gig, but you, you get up there on stage. And I, it sounds like the panic attack happens prior to the show. Yeah. So... What what is going through your head when you get up there on stage? Is it just like a matter of like trying to stay calm and focused? Yeah, hundred percent. Because I mean, like when you some when you have a panic attack and you're not at home, it's like it's like you never you're always sort of in it, so it never sort of goes away. Um, so you, I'm on stage and I'm just like I'm just like you say I'm trying to keep calm really. But it goes fine. The gig goes fine. You know, always it always does. That's what you always forget when you get so worked up. There's never really anything to worry about. So, but it was it was sort of like by the end of the show, everything's all right, you know, and you just feel a bit calm. Get yourself to bed, and then next day, it's fine. Got nothing to worry about. Yeah. And it was a, that was a big turning point for me in this band's sort of career because um, it had happened a couple of times and then at that that was the sort of day where I was like, this is the worst one, this is the worst time it's happened. Um, but like since then, I've never really, like it's been all right, it's been okay. Whenever I've whenever I've had a whenever I've had a, a problem, it's a uh, I've sort of worked out how to deal with it, stuff like that, you know, it's, it's good. It's all good. No, that's great, man. I'm happy to hear it. We'll probably use Home then when we do the intro to the show, which I like. I like that song a lot, so I'm glad we're on the same page with that. So you guys have the tour next week. What is going on in the world of Jaws beyond that? Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not sure. Uh, like we've just been in the studio, mm-hmm. um, done. F- we did three tracks. Um, hopefully, I'm just going to write some more. Hopefully, I want to be able to sort of get to a point where I'm like, this, this is the next record, and then we can just work at it in a proper studio. Then, but yeah. 
I think that's a good place to start. And then hopefully this fall, you'll make your way stateside. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And people can find out. Okay, so when people want to find Jaws online, this is important because you guys have a name that is uh, can be confusing to find on social networks. How can how can people connect with you online? Well, the best thing to do is if you go to Google, <laughs> this is what I do, and then just put, instead of Jaws, because you're just going to get a film. If you put Jaws, come on, I mean, you got to be pretty, you got to have some common sense. If you're looking for a band called Jaws, put Jaws Band, and then you'll get the Twitter, the Facebook, the YouTube, the SoundCloud, the... I don't think there's a MySpace. You'll get all of them. But on Twitter, it's like at Jaws, 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 with two extra S's on the end, something like that. Facebook is like facebook.com slash Jaws, 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 Jaws. I don't know, I think it's four on the Facebook. I like but it. So many jaws. <laughs> uh, people are going to be frustrated if I don't ask. So what, where, is the name a reference to the film, the Bond villain, or something else altogether? Um, I, I think it's the Bond villain. I'm going to say the Bond villain. I like the Bond villain. I think that's a better one. <laughs> Even if it's the film, I think you should say the Bond villain. All at one. Younger people, young kids don't necessarily remember that villain, but I think they'll bring him back eventually. Well, yeah, because, I mean, the the new James Bond films are the start of James Bond, aren't they? So Yeah, basically. They'll get there. Yeah, they'll get, they'll go through the years, they'll get there. All right, man. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I didn't know how this was going to go, admittedly, starting off, but I think, I think it went pretty well. I, uh, I'm going to get this podcast out later today. It'll be nighttime where you are by then. Um, but it'll only be afternoon by the time it happens here. I thank you so much for like making time in your day to do this. When I, when I, when I wanted to, I was like, I don't know if it's possible because I didn't understand the time difference. And when I looked it up, I was like, I can get up. And luckily I almost got up in time to do it. Thank you for hanging out and waiting around a few extra minutes. No problem. I mean, it's only, it's only like two o'clock here now, so it's not too bad. What are you doing for the rest of the, you have like a busy day ahead? No, I've got, I've got enough. <laughs> I'm going up to, I'm going up to where we practice because my guitar broke yesterday. So I'm gonna try and fix my guitar. That's oh. what I'm gonna do. All right, man. I got like a whole work day ahead of me still. So you win. <laughs> you win today. But uh, this will be out probably about eight p.m. your time tonight, like three p.m. here. So five, eight p.m. there. Yeah, it's about five hour difference between here and there. Okay, cool. Uh, so it'll be out later tonight, and people listening to this now know that because they're already listening to it. But thank you so much for tuning in. Where uh, uh, for tuning in, you joined us. But for everyone listening, for tuning in, uh, this has been a lot of fun. Jaws, your record, Be Slowly, is out now. It's available in the U.S. from Side One Dummy. And if people want to find it in the U.K., how do they do that? Uh, I don't know. I don't is, know. It, is it on iTunes? Yeah, I can just find yeah, it. iTunes. iTunes. There we go. Okay. iTunes. iTunes. Uh, watch the videos on YouTube. If you are in anywhere they're touring next week, make sure you get on top of that. Go see Jaws live. I'm jealous because I can't do that until at least the fall. Um, yeah, that's everything, I think, man. Do you have any like final words, thoughts, uh, words of wisdom to share with the listeners? Anything? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Let's leave it at that. That's great. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. Did you at least have fun? Oh, yeah. All right. Good, man. Have a great day. And you, mate. All right. We're done recording. We're all set. Cool.
All right, dude. That was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for being a good sport and answering like a billion questions. No problem. All right, dude. I'll let you get about your day, but this has been a lot of fun, man. Stay in touch. We'll definitely link up whenever you get to the States. Yeah, 100%. Um, uh, tweet the link to the thing when it goes online. And yeah, we will. I can share it. Okay, man. Will do. Thank you so much. Cool. See you in a bit. Yep. Bye.